Hello again. I don't know if you've ever tried to uh, train hard for something or, or maybe to lose weight. If you have, you'll know that there are just some days when you just don't feel like it. You know, maybe you started out super keen, uh, you were motivated, and then gradually it just gets harder, doesn't it, over time. I think we've all been there. You know, if you've been uh, running before, then you'll, you'll look outside and you'll just think, I just, I just don't feel like it today, you know. I think I'll just stay in bed. Um, and can it be like that sometimes with our faith too? You know, sometimes we're um, really excited. We're following Jesus. We have lots of energy. We feel really near to God. And then other times we, it just doesn't feel like the case. You'll know that we're going through at the moment a series in Hebrews at Porter Church. And um, the author in this book keeps banging on and on and on, doesn't he, about keeping going, don't give up, keeping going, giving up. But yeah, all right, but, but, but how do we do that? And I think that the passage that we're going to look at today might help us. Um, in the passage that we're going to look at today, the writer gives us four tips for keeping going, four tips. What is the secret? You know, how can we persevere even when we don't feel like it? I hope that it will be really helpful, you know, if that's something that you're struggling with at the moment or, um, you know, something that you may at some point find helpful. Um, because I think it's something that we all um, can um, find difficult at some point. So let's read our passage um, together. I'll um, give you a bit of time to find the passage. It's in Hebrews 6, second half of the chapter. So Peter uh, was looking at the first half two weeks ago. Uh, Hebrews is towards the end of the Bible. So Hebrews 6. Give you a bit of time. If you don't have a physical Bible, you can find one online or an app or something. Okay, great. Hopefully you've got it in front of you. Um, it'll be really helpful. So chapter 6, starting from verse 9. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end, so what you hope for may be fully realised. We, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the, to the, ears, to the hairs of the promise, 
He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Okay, keep that in front of you. We will be referring it to the whole way through, so do keep it where right in front of you. So, four tips to help us keeping going. Firstly, you may have spotted down in, um, I think it's verse um, 18, be encouraged, that we may be greatly encouraged. I don't know if you remember two weeks ago, you know, Peter was sharing um, some quite stark warnings with us in the beginning of chapter six, didn't he? And after giving um, these warnings to uh, the readers, the author here is keen to, for them not to get discouraged and he's keen to encourage them with some good news. So the author has write, written these things so that they may be greatly encouraged. And why should they be greatly encouraged? Well, because the author believes that there is better things in their case, doesn't it say in verse 9? You know, God is not unjust, it says in verse 10, and he will not forget their work. He lists a few things, doesn't he, that they have done. He says that they've helped people and they continue to help, etc., See, God has been at work in their lives. And the point is that if God has been at work in their lives, he's not just going to give up. He's not going to go, oh, that's it. I'm going to stop then. You know, he will continue that work. I don't know if you've ever, yeah, ever tried to lose weight before or tried to become fitter or trying to train for something. What is the most common reason for giving up? It's when we get discouraged, isn't it? It's when we're not seeing the results that we were hoping for quick enough. And we get discouraged and eventually, well, we give up. We decide it's not worth it. It's, it's too much. It can really easily happen. You know, change always takes longer than we want. It's hard to be patient, and you know, especially when change is slow. Are you feeling discouraged in your faith? You know, do you... Do you sometimes feel like you're not a very good Christian? Do you struggle to, you know, maybe find the time to read your Bible or pray? Or maybe you're struggling with sin in your life. And you've been praying about it for years and you're, you're annoyed with yourself that you're still struggling with it. Do you need to remember that God is at work in you and will continue to completion? You know, we are a work in progress. Sadly, it takes time, and that's the hard thing. But we shouldn't get discouraged. Because when we get discouraged, that's when we are likely to give up. So that's the first thing, the first tip. Be encouraged. Now let's have a look at the second tip now. Have a quick look down at, um, starting from verse 13 again. Um, 
and you probably noticed it as we were reading earlier on, there are loads and loads and loads of words and expressions here used to convey just how impossible it is for God to break his promises. You know, it's the words unchanging, confirming, promising, oaths. It's just, it's littered with it, isn't it? The author just wants to make it 100% clear that God will not break his promises. God will not break his promises. The author repeats it over and over in this passage. And, you know, he, he doesn't, he has no other words to use to, to kind of illustrate it. He just wants to make it really, really clear. And the author is telling us this because he wants us to trust God. That's our second tip. Trust God. You know, as if it, it wasn't enough for, for God to promise, God even swears an oath, you know, to double confirm it. You know, these days, the only time we, we see people swearing an oath or, you know, is either in court or, or when a president starts their job. People swear by something important to them. You know, this implies that if they don't keep their word, that it will bring dishonour on the thing that they have sworn by. But what can God swear by? There's nothing greater or bigger than God for God to swear by. So God swears by himself. God will not break his promises. We can trust him. <laughs> and actually, there couldn't be many better examples of trusting God than the one that's given here. You know, we're looking at Abraham and Sarah. And if you know the story, they were promised a child. In fact, not just a child, they were promised many descendants. But yet Sarah was too old to have a child. That must have been that must have been quite hard to trust God, right? You know, as the years go by, you're not talking a few days, years go by. Years and years and years and years. And they're getting older. You know, it's not as if they're getting younger. But they trusted God. And it says in verse 15, Abraham received what was promised. We can trust God. Do you struggle to trust God? Now that might seem quite a strange question and you might immediately reply, of course I trust God. But do you sometimes doubt God's ways or his purposes? Maybe you've been left disappointed by something that's happened. And so, you know, you question God's goodness. I think we all struggle with, you know, worry and anxiety sometimes. How might trusting in God help us, do you think? You know, worry is a, a massive, massive topic, you know, and we could spend all morning talking about it. You know, we're, we're only maybe going to scratch the surface on it. But what is it that you usually worry about? I think it's helpful sometimes to unpick a bit and, 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 and realise, you know, think about why it is that we worry or what is it that's driving our anxiety? One of the things that I often worry about is what other people think of me. You know, I want people to think of, think certain things or think of me in a certain way. And that can be unhelpful, you know, it, it's unhealthy, sorry. It's good to be aware of it, to be aware of it. My question is, how can trusting in God help us 
with our anxiety or worry? How can trusting in God help us with that anxiety or worry? I'll leave that with you as something to, to think about. Okay, so that was the second one. So we've got be encouraged and we've got trust in God. The third, the third point is imitate. And we talked about it earlier in the kids' talk, didn't we? Look down um, again at verse 12. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Don't be lazy, don't drift, but instead imitate those before us. As we said earlier, didn't we? It's so much easier when you're watching someone else show you what to do. And it's the same for us in our faith. We can learn from those before us. I think it's one of the great blessings of God's word. We can see and learn from those in the Bible and we can copy them. I find it amazing as I read God's word, just how relevant and easy it is for me to identify with some of the characters. How some of the things that they're struggling with are things that I find hard too. And in this passage, the author you know, talks to us about Abraham as an example of someone we can imitate. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, there is so much that we can learn from Abraham, his faith and how he trusted in God. How can we imitate? How can we learn from the examples in the Bible? How can we be more like Abraham? Well, I guess, firstly, we should read God's word. That would seem like a good place to start. We can read the stories. We can see the great people of faith. We can work out what they did um, and we can learn from that. And equally, well, we can learn from the mistakes that they made and we can be wary and avoid those. That seems like a good place to start. Read God's word. Learn from um, those who came before us, the good things they did and their mistakes. Okay, so, so far we have be encouraged, trust in God and imitate. The last tip today is keep your eyes on Jesus. Now you may have noticed already as we've been reading through Hebrews, the author is adamant for us to know just how amazing Jesus is. You know, you cannot read Hebrews and just not get the sense of Jesus is incredible. You know, he's better than this, he's better than that, he's better than Moses, better than the angels, he's the radiance of God. You know, the writer of Hebrews is just trying to just keep reminding us just how incredible um, yeah, Jesus is. And the passage today is no different. You know, he doesn't miss the opportunity again to just remind us Jesus is amazing. Look down with me at verse 19. He is our forerunner. You know, he goes before us. He enters on our behalf and he is our high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Keep your eyes on Jesus. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can't go far wrong, can we? I don't know if you've ever watched an interview or listened to a podcast of an Olympic champion or a great athlete, someone who wins all the time, who wins a lot. You'll often hear them talking about keeping their eyes on the goal or on their aim just keeping their focus on the gold medal. And the, the, the true champions seem to have 
this ability to have this kind of single-mindedness obsession with their goal. You know, not just when they're in a stadium packed full of front of thousands of fans, but, you know, you could say that's the easy bit. Their goal drives them and keeps them going every single day, behind the scenes when no one else is watching, out of the glory, out of the spotlight. They keep training and putting in the hard work to achieve their goal. And how they do that? It's, as they say, by keeping that focus on their objective. If we are to carry on day by day after day in following Jesus, not just, you know, on Sundays when we're surrounded by each other, praising God, but, you know, in our day to day lives, in our workplace, you know, sat on our, uh, at our office, you know, or, or wherever we may be, we have to keep our eyes and our focus on Jesus. I don't know about you, but I constantly need reminding of that to keep my focus on Jesus. You know, I might be following Jesus and things are going well. And then if I'm not careful, I might start drifting again. Other things crop in. Life becomes busy, work, passions, interest. You know, these things creep in. And there's nothing wrong with these things. But if they start to take my eyes off Jesus, off the goal, then I need to watch out. How do we do that? How do we keep our eyes on Jesus? Well, Again, reading God's word, I think, is a great way to do that. I think, yeah, spending time with God every day is just helps us to keep that focus, to keep our minds on Jesus. And I think being aware of the other things that come into our lives that might take that place. What about work? What about our family? You know? We just need to be mindful of these things, that they don't take the central place in our lives. OK, so here we have it. Four tips that hopefully will help us to keep going today. So we had be encouraged. We had trust in God. We had uh, imitate. And finally, we had keep our eyes on Jesus. Why do we want to do that? Because following Jesus is the best, the very best thing that there is. You know, at times it can feel like a struggle. We're tempted to give up, but let's keep going. Because when we follow Jesus, it's when we're most satisfied. It's when we're most at peace. It's when we're most fulfilled. It's how we know real joy. Let's be encouraged. Let's trust in God. Let's imitate those before us. And let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's pray. Yeah, Jesus, we want to acknowledge that it is brilliant and amazing being your followers. We love it. We love following you. We thank you so much for how exciting it is to follow you. But we also recognise that sometimes we don't feel like that and we find it a challenge and a struggle. We ask for your help. We want you to help us to keep our eyes on you. We want to ask that you would keep us encouraged. We want to ask that you would help us to imitate those before us. And we want to pray that you, you would help us to trust in you. You will never break your promises. Amen.